Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. We're going to be going through why I think multifamily apartments are better. Let's first talk about the differences between apartments. A one to four unit apartment is what I would consider residential. Five plus units, I would call them commercial or multifamily. In the residential game, you usually have financing that's different based on the number of units that you have. Now, sometimes you can find a financial institution like uh, RBC, for example, that will finance maybe five units or six units, perhaps, in a, in a building on a residential performa. But typically, when you're looking at commercial or multifamily apartments, you're looking at five or more units. Now, the difference with the actual unit count, but there's a lot difference when it, when it comes to how you can work with this asset class. So when you're, when you're doing financing on multi-unit building, you'll find out that the way that your uh, appraisal gets done is different on a one to four unit property than it is on a multifamily property. Okay, so in a one to four unit property, you have what's called a comparative method. That comparative method for appraisal means that the property across the street, if it's same or very similar to your property and it sold for 900,000, your property is worth 900,000. If two weeks later it sold for 850, your property is now worth 850. That's the comparative method. Now, it, you know, barring any variations in the type of property, it's going to be pretty consistent to that. Now, for a multifamily property, it's based on the income method. The net operating income of your property is going to define the value of the property. And the type of financing that you're going to get on that property is going to be based on the debt coverage ratio. How much debt that you have based on the expenses and then the income that's coming in. If your debt coverage ratio is 1.2, it means that you're getting 20% more income than all the, the debt that's in that asset. Okay. Now, what happens for financing for rental properties is usually that the amount of equity that you can release in a property is going to be based on what the rents are, also what your income is, and that's going to allow you to release some equity in the property. But they're probably not going to allow you to take out more equity than what you're making in income. And that's often the problem with one to four unit properties. You get a lot of trapped equity. Now, in a, an apartment building, because it's based on the net operating income, oftentimes you can release that equity a lot easier in a multifamily building. So, one of the reasons why I like the multifamily space is the ability to use debt coverage ratio and net operating income to be able to release equity and take that equity and reinvest that into to more buildings. 
The other thing that I like about multifamily is that it's a small group of people. People know each other. It takes a while to develop the relationships that allow you to invest in those properties because there aren't that many buildings. In Ontario, there may be like between 20 and 100 units, maybe there's 5,800 buildings altogether. That is not a lot of buildings. People may be shocked by those numbers. And that's why it's very challenging to be able to find buildings that make sense. That's a lack of supply. And also, there's so much government red tape and bureaucracy around building these properties. The, the likelihood that we're going to see a large supply come on the market is... <laughs> very unlikely. Although the federal and provincial governments are pushing this, the municipal governments are working in a different direction. And I say that with like all honesty, I believe that, that it is not going to work because of the municipal approach to things. Now, maybe that could change in the future, but until then, we're going to have a supply problem with apartment buildings. The third thing I, I, I like about this, and, and I know that lack of supply maybe is not a good thing, but it's a good thing if you own those buildings and it's a good thing if you, you'd be able to have the deal flow and the relationships that are able you to access those buildings. Now, the third thing, CMH, CMHC mortgages. It's probably something that's not really talked about. Usually you hear more about conventional mortgages, but CMH, CMHC has terms that allow you to have 35-year amortizations, 40-year amortizations, 30-year amortizations. That, that amortization allows you to lower your monthly cost and allow you to qualify for more of the mortgage. Sometimes you can get up to 85% loan to value. Uh, we, we recently did an 85% 40-year term on, a, on an existing building. So it's possible to be able to do that with CMHC. Whereas with investment properties, oftentimes it's much more difficult to, to get higher amortizations and higher loan to values. The other thing I want to say is that, you know, from a, another benefit of, of buildings is that there's a lot of demographic growth that's driving demand. And a lot of times we find out that people are, you know, coming to Ontario. So for example, last year, 2021, 410,000 people came to Canada. A majority of those people would have come to, to Ontario. And a majority of those would, would have come to the GTA. Those people who are in the GTA, usually they're going to be looking for places to stay. When you're an immigrant to the country, usually you rent for the first few years. So those renters are going to push up demand of rental units. I know that as the population continues to grow, that I will have a population that will continue to need my rental units, including those who are moving out from their homes, like kids that are moving away from their homes and, and on their own. So there's that, that demographic as well. Another thing that I like about apartment buildings is that they, oftentimes you're buying them for lower than the replacement cost. Not everybody really understands how much it costs to build apartment buildings. And even though our cap rates are lower, usually we're buying properties less than the replacement cost. The cost of actually rebuilding that building is gonna cost more than what we're purchasing the building for. And oftentimes people don't even see that. So there is a real benefit to being able to, to do that. 
Another benefit I want to say is the repositioning the asset. We do the burst strategy on apartment buildings by reposition, refinance, and then continue to rent. And then on the refinance, we are paying back our investors, usually their initial investment. That's in year three to five, and they continue to own the asset. We don't exit partners and um, just continue to grow. Uh, so that's one of the things that I really like about the this particular building or buildings in general, because when we do that refinance, there's the uh, capital repayment to the investors, that capital repayment allows us to actually give them their funds back, which they often will invest in the next project. So it's something that I really like. And in the next reason, I'll show you why that's powerful. So for example, let's say we have a property in Oshawa and CMHC uses a cap rate of four, but the property is actually a cap rate of three, the market cap rate. Well, how do you figure out cap rate? Well, let's say, first of all, if I'm buying buildings where there is a rent increase between, you know, I'm buying it for, the rent is at $900, but the market rent is, let's say, $1,600. What happens when I re-rent the unit is that I actually gain that value in my net operating income because my income has gone up $700. So I, if you multiply 700, if you're on your, uh, on your computer or on your phone, take out a calculator, do 700 multiplied by 12 because it's net operating income for the year. 700 times 12, okay? Now, 700 times 12, and then now divide that by the cap rate. Let's use 0.4. That one unit that went up $700 a month, that's the amount of value. I'm not gonna tell you it, I want you to do it. That's the value that happens in that building just by that one rent turnover. Again, 700 times 12, and then divide that by 0.04, which is the cap rate, 0.04 or 4%, right? Okay. That's the power of the uh, apartment building. And that's for a value add or a repositioning project. The next one is that cap rates um, are affected by three factors. They're affected by the location of the asset. They're affected by interest rates and they're affected by the condition of the building. Like if it's a newer building or an older building, that's gonna affect the cap rate. And oftentimes cap rates are naturally compressing over time. They're, they're, they're coming down. Um, over, historically, if you look at cap rates from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you can see cap rates are compressing. And it's very interesting to, to see, and it's something that you want to be able to take advantage of as a real estate owner and a, uh, an apartment building owner. So anyways, those are, I've got a bunch more reasons, but I don't want to take you away from whatever you're doing. If you want to reach out to me and talk more about uh, investing in multifamily buildings and why I think it's awesome, you can reach out to me at QMANREI or at Quinton at GetRealWealthy.com. Until next episode, take a look at uh, your portfolio. See if you want to invest in multifamily apartment buildings. And remember, get real wealthy. We'll see you on the next episode. 
make sure to check out getrealwealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quentin D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to getrealwealthy.com.